This is Cami. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 73. You know, Madeline, I used to think I was a real pro at multitasking. Really? Well, that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert and Be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So here's the problem with multitasking. We all do it, and many of us think we're good at it, but survey says, no, we're not as good as we think we are. Darn it. I really love multitasking, don't you? I do, and I I actually think I'm good at it, but... Yeah, sometimes the results I'm trying to get, I think it's trying to tell me something. Yeah. So I guess the first person who really like hit me in the the middle of the eyeballs with this was Todd Herman in his productivity course, which I really love called the 90 day year. And he gave me this chart that has a really sad statistic on it that made me really sad to give up all my multitasking ways. Really, you know, obviously, if you're doing one thing, you're putting your 100% of your focus into it. And you haven't lost anything to what they call context switching. And context switching is what happens when you go from one thing to another thing. So for example, if we're doing a podcast and I get an email and I start to read it and you are talking to me, you can pretty much tell I'm zoning out of our conversation. And so when you add one thing in, you get a 20% loss to context switching according to the statistics. And if you add you know, another thing in, you get a 40% loss. And if you add another thing in, a 60% loss and so on. So for everything that you add to what you're doing, you lose 20% of your focus to context switching. Isn't that just like incredible? It is. You know, seeing this table that shows this breakdown, and I'm sure we'll just go ahead and post this in the show notes so everyone can see it. When you look at this visually, it's like, oh my God, like it never really dawned on me that is this much of a difference. It really is going to help me change my ways because you know how it is you're like working on something. Let's say you get a phone call. So you're interrupted. You're on the phone for 20 minutes. When you try to go back to what you were doing, it takes you a while to get back to that place you were at where you were in the zone and you were doing your thing. They say that when you add up all that time, that's how much time you're really losing out by just, you know, instead just focusing and have no interruptions. That's right. And, you know, there was a University of London study that found that multitasking lowered your IQ score as much as if the study participants had been using drugs or stayed up all night. Wow. That's incredible. And I can kind of tell that too. I mean, think about when people try to like text and drive or something, you know, they're wandering around the road, just like a drunk person would. Sure. I just think that we all think we're good at it and maybe we're not as good at it as we think we are. 
So I don't know. How do we overcome this? Yeah, well, you know, building an online community and spending time in social media platforms, you know, we're, we're constantly getting interrupted. This leads us into getting sucked into context switching and multitasking mode. And, you know, what's a social media marketer to do? We are trying to do so much when we're trying to do it all, right? Yeah, I really struggle with this like anybody else. And I'm certain that our listeners struggle with it too, because I know you guys out there. I know you because I am you. And I know you're struggling with this. So what do you suggest that people do? I mean, what's working for you right now to get over this, Madeline? Yeah, I have a couple of things that have really been working for me. One of the things I have really focused on this year is using Trello for my to-do list. Now, I still will get a post-it note out and and write out because I'm very visual and I like to write things out. But what I did is I came up with a Trello board that has a, you know, this columns and I have one for each day of the week. And so for Monday, I go into my Monday Trello board and I will have a to-do list of like all the things that I have to get done. And you can do it as a checklist, which is really cool. And so I just go in there and I I see my to-do list. And so I know these are the things I have to do today and I check them off as I do it. And this really helped me a lot. It's really helped me kind of, you know, stay focused, stay on track with what I need to do. And I also have been using for years now, I love to have music playing while I'm working. And I've been using this site called Focus at Will. And it's basically music, but it's like white noise music. And there's all this research that has gone into it. And, and you know, all this these studies about how, you know, the way they provide this music really is beneficial to you when it comes to the way our brains work. And so I'll have it playing all day while I work. It's focusatwill.com. We'll put that in the show notes. But I found these two things, Cami, using Trello for my to-do list and having Focus at Will playing in the background. Those have been my two things that work really well for me. But you know, I'm always curious to hear how other people are doing things as well. So, you know, it's an interesting topic. I'm glad we're talking about this today. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I love your idea for using Trello. I mean, to-do lists are big for me. I use a lot of different kinds of methods for that, including a paper calendar still. You know, I use my Michael Hyatt planner. So that's been really helpful to me. But all of this is great and fine, except for that we get interrupted all the time. You mentioned that before. So how do you curb those interruptions? How do you get rid of those? I mean, the interruptions are going to come. So how do you manage that? I'm really good about turning off my notifications on my phone and on my desktop. First of all, I've never, ever had desktop notifications turned on ever. I think that's probably the worst thing you can do. Because if you're on your computer working and you just keep getting these little pop-ups, even if it's just simple reminders and things that that every time you glance and look at it, it's going to be a major interruption, you know, because you have to take your eyes off of what you're doing. So I really think it's wise to not have desktop notifications turned on. And then when it comes to our phone, you know, a lot of us use our mobile apps, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and have notifications turned on. And then you're going to keep looking at your phone and be interrupted with that. So I have those completely turned off. I don't, I'm on social media enough since that's the work I do that I can stay on top of it all. So I don't need to be notified. So that's worked out well for me. What about you, Cami? What's working for you? Yeah, so I totally agree with that. As far as notifications, I keep them off except for for my children, for my husband, so that I can make sure I can pick them up because I have three kids, you know, so they often have emergencies. It's the nature of children. But 
I really try to keep the amount of things that I need to do every day to about one to three things. Like I want it to be, I need these three things max done today. Now I usually do more than three things. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is mentally, I prepare myself for doing only one to three things per day that, you know, if I get these accomplished, I know that I'm moving forward in my tasks. I also like to do work blocks. Like I have them on my calendar and I don't allow my virtual assistant to block any meeting during those times. So I have these blocks of times I say, this is when I'm doing work and she can't make meetings during those times. So she ha- she runs my schedule, Devana does. So, and by the way, she does the show notes too. So yay, Devana. Yay, and, Devana. Uh, yay. But I do have these blocks of time that I try to keep sacrosanct. So I don't, you know, so I have time to do my work because I think we can also get so meetinged out that we don't actually have any time to actually have a, a block of sustained time to work on. So those hour long work blocks really do help me with that. Again, I use my full focus planner. I talked to you about that from Hyatt, from Michael Hyatt. And I use a 90 day year framework that I use, which really means I look at each week as goal setting. So that framework asked me to set three major goals for the week that roll up to what I'm trying to accomplish during a specific quarter. So that's a pretty complicated system, but it is something that I've really enjoyed for focus. Also, um, one of the things that I've really liked is the Eisenhower matrix. We'll put a link to it in the show notes, but President Eisenhower apparently used this famously. And it is a, uh, a box and it shows how you can organize your tasks by important and unimportant and urgent and non-urgent. And usually the things we work on are the things that are important and urgent because, you know, something's due the next day or whatever. And I'm really, really, I do that a lot. You know, for me, deadlines are hugely important. If I, I'm deadline driven. So if it has a deadline on it, I'll get it done. If it doesn't have a deadline on it, I'm likely to put it off. So what Eisenhower said is that you also every day need to be working at least for a little part of your day on things that are both important but not urgent. So for example, I would like to launch a course at some time during this year. So every day I should be working on this course or some pieces of it because it's not urgent. I mean, I don't, it's not imminent, you know, I'm not putting it out tomorrow, but in order to get it done, you know, six months from now, you have to start working on it today. So absolutely understanding how to work on the right things, I think is another part because it's easy to do busy work all day. Have you ever done that? Like worked all day, you know, answered email, talked to a few people, you know, recorded a podcast episode. And at the end of the day, you're like, I really don't feel like I got anything done. Oh, yeah, all the time. It, it, you know, I, I think a lot of people listening can relate because, you know, you have this big to do list and you you did a lot of busy work. And then at the end of the day, you're like, I don't feel like I really accomplished anything because we didn't accomplish something really big that was major, right? We just did a lot of busy work and it's so easy to do busy work. But yeah, this is great stuff you're talking about, Kami. I love it. Yeah. And then another thing that I did, and I kind of put this on hold a long time ago, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, I'll admit, but I only check my email two to three times a day, period. You know, around 11 o'clock in the morning and then around three o'clock in the afternoon is kind of when I do my email and I batch it. So, you know, some people are like, well, didn't you see that email yet? Have you seen that email yet? And I try to train people that I'm not really watching my email constantly. And if they need me, that they need to actually text me or some other way. My team knows that. But really the bottom line is that email can consume your entire day if you let it. Yeah, I think it's it's, I think it's best to not leave your email open in a tab all day on your on your computer. You know, I think Tim Ferriss was the one that kind of like made the big deal in the four hour work week book about how 
checking your email like once or twice a day and doing it at a set time and training, you know, the people that communicate with you that this is when you check, I think is super smart. So I think that's awesome. I think that's great that, you know, getting into that habit of two or three times a day. I, I need to do that more. I need to to work on that one. Yeah. And I had a friend that actually created a software program that doesn't exist anymore because you know how these softwares are. It was kind of before its time. It was before Tim Ferriss actually. And it would send out an autoresponder that told people, I only check my email this time and this time. And, you know, here's what you need to do if you need me immediately. I thought that was a really cool product at the time. Although, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable sending that out to all the people making them feel less important than me. So I I want people to feel like they're important to me because they are and their emails are important to me, but I can't let them consume my whole day. And part of that is too, because I only have 30 hours a week to work with Madeline because of my kids, because of all the things that I do. My work week is 30 hours a week. That's it. And I'm running two businesses, social media breakfast, doing this podcast. I have to prioritize or I won't get it done. I just can't stay up all night anymore. Occasionally I'll do a late night, just like I know you do, but I can't do that on a regular basis and survive. You know, I can't do it. So that's really important. So Another thing I want to make sure we focus on too while we're talking is about being a community builder, because obviously that's what this podcast is all about. And one of the things that I like to talk about is how can you run an online community and still have your day job, right? And still work on all the other things you have to work on. And one of the things that I think is really important is to realize that you can't live in your community like 24-7. And you can't train the people that are in your community to expect you to be there for 24-7. I don't like it when people don't come in their communities that they built. They like delegate it all to somebody else. That bothers me. But having people to help is not a bad thing. So for example, we did something this week. Of course, now it's not this week anymore. But we did something in 2018 that was, I think, kind of pivotal for our group. Can you kind of share that with everybody what we did? Yeah, our Facebook group has been growing and we've got a lot of people participating in conversations uh, very regularly. And so it's, it's, you know, keeping us pretty busy. And so we decided to appoint a moderator. We want to have someone who is a fellow community member who's been very active in the community, but to actually be a little, you know, a step up where, you know, kind of like part of our team, a team member who's there to moderate the conversations for us. So we're really excited that Kyle Hetrick has been appointed moderator. So congrats to Kyle. He has just been so wonderful and so supportive of this community. So we're really happy to have done this. And I I know, Kimmy, we've really very quickly have really like patted ourselves on the back for this uh, uh, move because it's been so helpful to the yeah, Facebook group. And, and really for the people that are there. And Kyle is awesome because he was already doing this anyway. He said, what is my responsibilities as moderator? I'm like, well, really just what you're already doing. We wanted to make yeah. it official uh, because he's really kind of um, stepped up to that plate. And and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that from him. And hopefully he'll find it mutually beneficial for him too. And we'll come up with ways to make that happen. But the bottom line is that you know your community needs to learn how to connect with each other because one of the things that i think is so important in online communities is that they connect with each other and help each other that's what makes it valuable actually it's not so much that you and i are in there talking to people and answering their questions although you know we do that what's more important that is that they're being supported by their peers and i think that's what makes a great community not 
the leader per se, although it has to come from the leader in the sense of the way that it should be patterned. But the bottom line is it's really about the community in the end. That's the secret anyway to building an amazing community is that you facilitate a wait for them to connect with each other. And once they find the great people in there, honestly, it's really kind of builds itself in large part. That's what I found through all the communities I've ever built, certainly. And so anyway, what do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, totally agree with you 100%. So I think we're kind of ready for... Was there anything else? I mean, like, like we covered a lot. We covered a lot in this episode. And I hope we got everybody really thinking of like, you know, what they can do. So yeah, we have a call to action as always. We would like to talk about distractions and how you overcome them. So come over to the Facebook group and let's talk about it. Do you like to multitask? It's okay to admit you do. Listen, I like to, but I know I shouldn't. Getting better about not doing it. Has this episode changed your mind? We're hoping that some of the things we're talking about is getting you to think in a whole new way. So come join our community in the Facebook group. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash communities that convert. And they got to use a secret word to get in. What is that word, Cammie? Action. Yeah, action. So that, that's it for this episode. Thank you all so much. We uh, really appreciate you listening for letting us be in your ears today. Yeah, absolutely. And we're really excited for 2019. We have a lot of really great things coming up. We have some amazing episodes um, ahead. And, um, you know, we're really excited for everything that's up for us and for you. And I know that in this new year, as we sit here in 2019, the beginning of 2019, when this comes out, you know, we are very excited about what this community is going to do over the next year and what you're going to do with your community and your business. So definitely come into the Facebook group and connect with us because we absolutely want to hear everything you're up to. Yeah. So we'll be back next week for another great episode. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.